Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. For this group, that's the unique thing. It's just figuring out how to connect and play together regardless of whether you're starting, finishing, coming in at the seven-minute mark, the four-minute mark. We've got to have all those different lineups function. Utah Jazz getting back to it. They're going to face the Boston Celtics. Feels like uh, it's not quite an all-star break, but three days off is a long time, PK. It's unusual in the NBA. They've been away, but they're back. Yeah, it is, and uh, they should obviously be well-rested. And I appreciate what you uh, texted me yesterday, that if Joe Ingles doesn't start, you're going to go on a hunger strike. (laughs) He does start after yesterday, that explosive interview that you had with Joe. Explosive? Yeah. I mean, I'd never seen two friends go at it since you tried to, you know, get me off the show years ago. No, whatever. You could have done better than that. You had all day to think about it. (laughs) Celtics just doing what they do, kind of bouncing around 500 here. They've won a couple, having beaten the Sixers and Raptors, but before that, they lost to the Nets and the Spurs. So we'll see how they handle us. Been out on the the road for a while, back home, back out on the road. It's not probably not their favorite time of the schedule, but we'll see what they bring tonight when they face the Jazz. After this, it's the Jazz who hit the road. They got a four-game road trip coming up. So last home game before they head out to Cleveland and knock out four more road games. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. DeRozan on the right side. DeRozan to the rim. Layup. Got it. DeMar DeRozan with an open territory in the lane. That was too easy for DeRozan, and the Bulls will gladly take it. In the lane, it is White to the right wing. Murray for three, and DeJounte Murray knocks it down. And the Spurs sharing the ball very well. 15 assists already on 21 made field goals. Final tonight in Memphis. Going to be 152-79. If you tuned in, you have heard an NBA record for margin of victory. A Grizzlies franchise record. Record for points scored in a single game. As the clock ticks down, zeros on the clock. The biggest blowout in NBA history, 152-79. to 79. There have been blowouts, but there has never been anything quite like that. Yeah, and you told me to go to the sports books since I'm in Vegas for the big game, obviously. A bunch of us are down here, unrivaled and hands, myself, and... So I go to the sports book. I saw the line. I pre. I, I mean, I thought I had it. I was getting the Thunder in seventy-four points. So close. So close. I lost. I was up seventy-four nothing when the game started, and I lost. <laughs> Other games in the NBA. The Suns win again. Franchise record: eighteen straight wins. They beat the Pistons. 114 to 103. Now they go back to back with the Warriors tonight and just beat them on Tuesday. Now they got to go play at Golden State. The game's on ESPN tonight. They'll be back to back. The Warriors arrested. Steph Curry's probably uh, ready to go after having a very poor shooting night. He's probably ready to, for a big game, but they'll do it again tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Well, Booker's got a hammy, so he's out. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, you know, he's a very good player, obviously. So uh, I would think that the Warriors would be able to get them at home. So I never know, but I think the streak ends at 18, which is still very impressive, obviously. Anytime you win that amount of games in the NBA, it's very much noteworthy. So Booker didn't play last night, but it was the Pistons, and the Pistons are awful. And uh, he's supposed to be out for several games. We'll see how much they can sustain his loss. I think in any given game, probably not tonight, but in any given game you can do it, especially if it's a bad team like the, the Pistons were. The thing, thing that's catching my eye in the NBA, didn't get a lot of run, but the Bulls have got a nice team. You know, they're only game back in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so uh, take a look at them and see. Well, they got an experienced coach, and they've got experienced players now, and, and it looks like they've come through the losing, and they're clearly going to make the playoffs. It's just a position of uh, you know, where they're going to be. Bulls won again. You heard the DeRozan highlight and the highlights here. He had 34 points as the Bulls beat the Knicks 119-115. That 15-8 record has them a game in front of the Bucks and a game behind the Nets. And the Wizards are right there with them as well. LeBron James set to return to action. Multiple negative COVID tests. He tested positive, but now they've decided that that was a false positive test. He has had eight tests in all, and they have cleared him to play again. You wonder, because obviously he's a pro athlete, so he's going to be tested a million times, how many negative or false positive tests have been out there? You never hear any false negative, though. Same thing. How many? I assume there would be false negatives, right? You can't just, I don't know that, but I'm assuming, maybe I'm assuming wrong. But you wonder how many of these tests, because there's millions have been tested, many have been tested many times over, how, how much error is involved in this. I'm with you. I assume, and I don't know, but I assume there's false negatives. But because most of the tests are negative, then I think people just keep going along. And if you're asymptomatic, I guess people really go along. And uh, and my father-in-law was really sick when the pandemic first started. My wife thought he had it and tested, and the test came back negative. But he was really sick for a long time. He got better. He was living alone at that point. And both my wife and the doctor are like, I wonder if that was a false negative. But... It was so early on, people don't know. Maybe they know more now. I'm with you. I assume there's false negatives out there. Pelicans forward Zion Williamson. Return to play has been delayed. Soreness and a surgically repaired right foot. Team's going to be cautious with him, so Zion's out for a while longer. And Buck center Brooke Lopez underwent back surgery. to an injury that has kept him from playing since the season opener, and he's out indefinitely. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. St. Mary's beats Utah State. Man, there were some angry people on the court at the end of that game, PK. A foul with nine-tenths of a second left is the difference in the game. St. Mary's hits a couple free throws and wins, but that, uh, that was a heated handshake at the end of the game. A lot of talking. Well, a little less handshaking going on. Actually, Randy, Randy, Randy Bennett, Randy didn't Bennett I don't think, actually yeah. shook. Uh, no, I don't think he did either. It's funny because he's a hothead. Yeah. Uh, and when I was doing the, I was doing college basketball for the for the Watchdog, he was my go-to guy on a lot of things. I would call him, and and uh, he was so cordial. I think we, he's from the, the uh, Phoenix area, so I had told him, so we had that little bond. But he sure finds himself getting into uh, heated uh Interactions, and I know the prior coaching staff at BYU didn't really have a whole lot of affection for him. But I disagree with Scotty. I disagree with Scotty a hundred percent. On what? Uh, tough call. He he called it a tough. 
Scotty broke the connection right there from Vegas. Scotty's just not having any of it. He has that powers. He just sits down and concentrates for a second, and there's an electro- electromagnetic disruption in the universe, and boom, down goes the signal. All right, well, we'll find out what he disagrees with him about. Justin Bean had another good game in the loss. 19 points, 10 rebounds. He's been a good player for him, but as guys graduate and guys move on, you get a chance to have a bigger role, and Bean just keeps stepping into a bigger role. It's not like he's coming out of nowhere because he's been good, but he's at a whole nother level right now, but not quite enough as they lose to St. Mary's. Weaver State, still undefeated. They roll over Northern Arizona 67-44. to I mean, it's no 73-point win like Memphis got, but 23, impressive nonetheless, and Weber State goes to 7-0. and And Southern Utah wins their conference opener, beating Eastern Washington 89-76. Games this weekend? Well, tomorrow it's BYU at Missouri State. That's 2 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. Southern Utah is at Idaho. Weber State hosts Portland State. Dixie State hosts St. Catherine. And Sunday, the Utes right back into it. Pac-12 action. They're going to face Cal at the Huntsman Center, 3 o'clock on the Pac-12 networks. Cal off to a 4-4 and start. The top of the conference in a Pac-12 is looking good. And the U.S. just ran into one of those teams in USC. And UCLA looks like they're really good again. There is plenty of talent at the top of the league. And there are going to be multiple teams that it's early, but it looks like they can make sweet 16 runs and and people will be saying nicer. The Arizona looks good again, too. But at the bottom of the league, and the Utes are rebuilding, and it's a new coaching staff, but uh, we talked about Cal and Washington looking shaky in some of their non-league games early on and losing games. And they're both 4-4. Four and four. And Oregon State lost last night. They've lost seven in a row. ASU's 2-6. and six. So there are games out there for the winning for the Utes. And, yeah, they got overmatched by SC, but SC's in that top group. Cal, winnable game Sunday. All right, PK, you disagree vehemently with Scotty G. It wasn't a tough call. It was a tough break, but it was an obvious call. Aha! DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Taysom fakes it. Got play it. action. Wide open. Left side of the far side of the field. Little Jordan Humphrey. That is going to be a touchdown. Prescott's going to toss the play wide to Pollard. Broke a tackle. Got a block on the edge. Sprinting to the 50. Pollard down the left sideline. One man to beat, and he'll beat him. All the way to the pylon. Touchdown, Pollard. Hill throws its intercepted at the 25. Down the left side. Into the end zone. That is a touchdown. Carlos Watkins, a defensive tackle. Snap to Taysom. Cowboys rush four. Complete across the middle to Deontay. Got some room from 35, 40, 45. Midfield. Now he's crossing the field to the far side. 40, 30. He's going to be going all the way. See you later. Bye. Deontay Harris and a touchdown. Saints. Cowboys beat the Saints 27-17. Taysom Hill gets his first start of the season, throws four picks, three of them in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, and the Cowboys finally pull away from a Saints team that made mistakes and blew opportunities all through the game. Wasn't the prettiest of games, but the Cowboys have had some losses here. They've been without their guys. They got C.D. Lamb back, and he made big plays, several of them. Taysom Hill's a tremendous athlete, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. The hurdle was great, but their offense was at the best when they let him run it five times in six plays or something like that. 
Big games this weekend. Chargers and Bengals. Both teams uh, battling the AFC wildcard race. Both teams still with a chance to win their division. The Bengals trying to catch the Ravens. The Ravens are playing the Steelers. The Steelers were bad, then they were good, then they were bad again. If they're going to stay in the wild card race, they had better win this game against the Ravens, you'd think. Sure. Niners and Seahawks also uh, coming up this weekend, and the Chiefs are playing the Broncos. Big game in the AFC West with all four teams bunched up. The Chiefs with a little bit of an advantage there in first place, but everybody else right behind them. So that'll be the Sunday night football game in primetime, Chiefs and Broncos. Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown, safety Mike Edwards, both suspended three games for misrepresenting their vaccination status. Also, free agent wide receiver John Franklin III. So, they're out, and they will be out for a while. See them at the end of the month. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. The Utes and the Ducks. Tonight, Pac-12 title game. Will the third time be the charm for the Utes, PK? You feeling it? know that it's a third time in that way I mean this is a unique game but yeah I'm definitely feeling that they're going to win yeah no question got the better quarterback got the better O-line got the better D-line Oregon ought to play better but the Utes still have a lot of advantages and that is why they are favored for the Ducks they're in the uh, title game again and they have never lost it they're 4-0 in these things trying to pull down yet another conference championship all right more on that game coming up this morning we'll talk with yogi roth pac-12 network football analyst coming up at nine o'clock here on the zone dj and pk hashtag utah state tomorrow afternoon utah state and san diego state one o'clock on fox the aggies in the mountain west title game Can they stop San Diego State's running game? Can they throw the ball on them? It's a clear and obvious path to victory, but can they take it? Ooh, man, I don't know if I want them to. Why is that? They're going to have to pony up some major cash at that point to keep Blake Anderson. If they pull this one off, oh my gosh. Wouldn't he be getting flooded with opportunities? Wouldn't Virginia come after him? Uh, You would think he'd be in the mix. I mean, I don't know who people know matters a lot, but as far as having the resume, yeah, he's winning, and if he keeps winning, people are going to come after him. But you don't want to lose just so you hold on to him. You want to win, and you're in the Mountain West if you have a good coach. I know. I know. It's inevitable. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, my friend. Way to take me literally. Dunkoff of the Segment Award goes to you. Thank you, PK. I wanted to win something here in this segment. I got it. <laughs> We're going to lose this game so we can hold on to our coach. Who's ever said that? <laughs> you, a couple minutes ago. DJ and PK. <laughs> Let's just say they've had, Virginia has had a fair amount of success with assistance from New Mexico, right? Hashtag college football. 
And Virginia's had a fair amount of success with Bronco Mendenhall, and now they're going to need a new head coach because he announced he's resigning after six years. What is he going to do next? He doesn't know. But he felt like it was time, a little reflection, and he's out. Turn the page and time to move on. Reflection, reinvigorate, reframe. He must have used re. He set the record for re uh, in preceding words. I mean, he was re this, re that. I mean, he was everywhere re. Uh, boy, and I could tell you in making some inquiries, uh, because I was just alone last night, so I might as well use the phone, find, find information from multiple sources that the assistants had no idea, and they were shocked. That was the word that was told to me by multiple folks. And so now they've got to look for jobs at Christmas. And so, you know, a couple, when they played uh, BYU, Bronco was all, I took 14 people, and we traveled across the country, and all but one of us are in the same ward, and we made this life together. And then a month later, I sent them on their way saying, good luck, fellas. I hope you find employment elsewhere. We didn't add that part, but that's essentially what it is. He did say in there that he basically rolled it out to the AD, the assistant coaches, and the players all in about 45 minutes, so it didn't leak. But when it doesn't leak, then everyone is completely shocked. And for people who need jobs and need to pay the bills... Well, his, yeah, his... These assistants did not know. I could tell you that. And now they, they've they got to go to work. I mean, how many times have you heard a coach resign? There are times when you need to pause and refuel and put the oxygen tank back up and man, unthaw and freeze-fried food and recharge the butane tank. Unless you like eating cold, freeze-dried food, if you've ever camped doing that, it's not very good. Yeah, that what the was... What uh, are you that, talking about, Marco? I know, that was a pretty crazy quote when he got to the butane. <laughs> I didn't watch the press conference, but I, I stumbled onto a transcript and I was reading it. I was like, whoa, butane. All right. I don't think there was a press conference. I think he just stood there in front of a Oh, really? Uh, it was a, a Zoom camera. conference, yeah. Notre Dame expected to name the... Duck, yeah. yeah, But he's got to admire him. He's going to do it his way. Yep. Notre Dame is expected to name defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman as the new head coach, replacing Brian Kelly. Freeman's 35. He'd been in, D, in uh, he'd been the uh, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame for one year, and he is getting a very high-profile job. Colorado State fired their coach Steve Adazio after two years. Rams went three and nine. He was ejected from the season finale against Nevada. That started poorly and just got worse, PK. That just never worked. Never came close to working. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, obviously. Colorado State has a decent history uh, with Sonny Lubeck, and they're trying to recapture that. And then they got their own stadium there on campus. Uh, You know, it's hard to recruit uh, there, uh, you know, as we've seen with the University of Colorado. But at the same time, I think they can be much better than they have been. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, my guess is they get a regional guy. So you're not if they if it's not regional, it's going to be somebody who has some type of connection. So like for instance, just off the top of my head, if they got an assistant somewhere from Florida, my guess is he's got some connection to the Mountain West, to the state of Colorado, to Colorado State itself. Uh, I would think that they would go regionally. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see what they do and who they get because I think that person if it's done the right way, can have a decent level of success and maybe even 
I don't know if he can get back to what Sonny Lubick did. Sonny Lubick was phenomenal. But get get back to certainly being competitive and competing uh, at the minimum uh, for a division for the division that they're in there. What's it? The Mountain in the Mountain West. Got a weird story here. You ever hear of a replacement bowl game? It's a one-time deal. I did last night, yes. Yeah, right? The San Francisco, the the bowl game in San Francisco has had multiple names, played in multiple stadiums, and the youth have been in it a couple times. So that's not happening. And the Mountain West Conference, the Mid-American Conference, Conference USA, requested the Football Oversight Committee to provide flexibility in the system and create a one-time bowl game. There are more teams that are eligible than there are bowls. And since the San Francisco bowl... within a structured system? Be, yeah, flexibility within a structured system. Yeah. Just, there are no rules. I'm telling hey, we you. need a waiver. All right, have a waiver. You get a waiver. You get a waiver. So ESPN will somehow uh, build a, quickly build a bowl game. They say it's going to develop a game consistent with other postseason bowl experiences. Here's some gifts. Here's a game, and we'll put it on TV. Ready, go. Well, I think that this is a good thing because the teams that are participating are not full of five-star kids who've been coddled their whole lives because they're really good athletically. And it means something to these kids. I go back to the New Mexico State, Utah State, Arizona Bowl when I went and covered it. Uh, years back, a few years back in Tucson. And to see all the purple in Tucson for New Mexico State and to see those kids, I can still I still have the vision when Utah State missed the field goal in overtime and it was down to the end that I was. And to see the Utah, the New Mexico State kids, all I saw were teeth and the whites of eyes. And it didn't matter who you are, what you look like, and the smiles. The reasons why I saw teeth is because every New Mexico State kid smiled as big as he possibly could to see the joy and happiness in those kids faces because they won the Arizona Bowl and it really is something that you know we, we want to get uh, what sappy and that's that's what it was it was a sappy moment I doubt any of those kids played in the NFL and but yet they're gonna have that experience and so yeah sure we mocked we mocked a number of bowls and six and six teams and all but the teams in large part who are going to those games they're from underfunded programs compared to the big boys and they're never going to be able to compete at that level so why not give them a shot it's like we you know we don't really scoff when uh, whatever fill-in-the-blank school makes it as a 16th seed in the NCAA tournament, right? We think it's great. Somehow we think that's great. But if some 6-6 six and six team from the Sun Belt or the MAC goes to a bowl, we think, oh, my gosh, there's just too many bowl games. This is ridiculous. But yet we don't feel the same way for the situation for basketball. But yet we always see on that uh, conference title game when that no-name school can uh, – clinches it and their fans go nuts and the players jump up and down what's the difference it's the same thing let them have that experience in football well i think usually the basketball team has a better record and one more but i think to your point that the two teams are going to get in because of this game there's going to be either way there's going to be too many balls and plenty of six and six teams in but the six and six teams that are going to get taken care of are in power five conferences i mean no power five conference requested this the mac requested it the Mountain West and Commerce USA requested it. So it is going to be. So why do you say then there's too State, many bowl games then? A New Mexico. Uh, do you want to see six? Why aren't there or? too many basketball teams? You, it's the exact same thing. Well, no, there because, is no difference. Because in basketball, I think they let in about 20% of the schools. And in football, they're letting in 
I don't know, 65% oh, of the schools. Oh, that's just because the big sky and all. They, yeah, but come on. They're underfunded. They let them consider themselves Division One. That's why they do that. I mean, we can draw the line. Even though they're considered Division One. they're not really Division One. We just let them consider themselves that in basketball. I mean, there's no difference. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL and the Portland Timbers Western Conference Final tomorrow in Portland. RSL trying to get back to the MLS Cup. First time since 2013. Timbers trying to get there for the third time in seven years. The game is on FS1 at 430. And if Portland wins, they're going to host the MLS Cup. They've got the best record of the four teams left. Philly and New York City FC will be playing in the Eastern Final. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins us at 8 o'clock. Mark Madsen, UVU men's basketball coach at 8.30. UVU coming off the big win over BYU. DJ and PK. We've also got Yogi Roth coming up to talk Pac-12 title game at 9 o'clock right here on the Zone Sports Network. is unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. So here's my question to you. Are the Jazz like a 3-4-5 team that can't beat beat a really good basketball team? Or are the Jazz a team... They can beat, they've beaten really good basketball teams. No, no, teams. no. They've I'm, lost the I'm bad not, ones. I'm not talking about... You're it, talking about in the playoffs. I'm talking about in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally convinced of the Utah Jazz. That is unbelievable! Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UOP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahairmd.com. The question of the day with the Pac-12 title game tonight is Utah going to the Rose Bowl. And Brian says, yes, this is the year they finally have all of their ducks in a row. Ha <laughs> ha! Steven, on the other hand, doesn't want to say anything. He's afraid of jinxing it, which means the answer is yes. He believes it but he doesn't want to jinx it. If you thought the answer was no, you wouldn't be afraid of jinxing anything, Stephen, so we know the answer. What is the answer? Stephen thinks they're going to win and go to the Rose Bowl. That's why he's afraid of jinxing it. Okay. We can deduce his reply. It has nothing to do with it. That's stupid. <laughs> people, That's, are, people are superstitious. Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. They're going to the Rose Bowl. There, did I jinx it? I don't think you did. <laughs> Tony says, in the biggest games, the youths fold. I can't pick them until they change that. What do you mean in the biggest games? How can you say that? Because they it's, lost it's two It's not a certainty. Games. It's not unanimous. Okay. And then they won the Sugar Bowl. 
and they just beat Oregon in the biggest game to date this year. So you're you're in the two biggest games to win the conference. They lost. You got me there. One of which they didn't have their quarterback or their running back, both of whom are NFL guys. Well, that was a problem. <laughs> so is that, is that a fair assessment when they went up to uh, uh, up against Washington? Was it three years ago now? Yep. Can we really say, man, they, they choked that game? No, they didn't have their guys. You're missing your quarterback. You're missing your star running back. They're both playing in the NFL. So that's clearly – I know the next guy is supposed to step up, but the next guy is not an NFL quarterback. You don't, you don't have multiple NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, when's the last time the Utes have had multiple NFL right. quarterbacks on the roster <laughs> at the same time? Uh <laughs> 2003, I guess, briefly, kind of, sort of, right? Yeah, right. I got you. Um, So, when you look at that situation, because if you say, DJ, if you say you can't win the big game, then you're saying you're choking, right? Well, people do like to say that, but somebody, sometimes you're just not good enough. So, were you supposed to win the big game and you didn't, then maybe you've got to choke there. If you lose the big game, were you simply not good enough? I mean, two teams are going to the game, one team's better. Yeah, but see, I would say if you're not good enough, then it's not a big game. Because in order to choke, you have to be in the position to choke. Mm -hmm. Did Oregon State choke this year? The Bruins and the Sun Devils, did they choke this year? I mean, they're decent teams, right? But they're not in a position to be saying, well, man, we should have done this, this, unless you're you know, you're totally a fan in the situation. Uh, I was listening to sports radio uh, two days ago down in Phoenix. As I say, I do a lot of the gym. And the guys, these are the same two that were talking about how Cal – Cal's team was really ravaged of, with injury or with COVID when they went up against the Sun Devils. They didn't even play Cal this year, but nevertheless. So take it with that a grain of salt. But they're talking about, yeah, the Devils had more talent than the Utes. And I'm thinking, really? Why would you say that? What, what, what difference does that make? More talent? You couldn't definitively say that. So you're basically homering to... to got to be pretty good to be in that position to choke you know what i mean yes uh and i think in some of these other games this weekend iowa may not win the big 10 title but i just don't see how they're going to choke michigan's the favorite we think michigan's better and michigan should win now sometimes the underdog is in position to win the game and can't close it can't seal the deal and so they get they get hit with the choke label for that and the Utes were right in that game, even though they were shorthanded. It was 3-3, and a pick-six beat them. I, I think the thing they take the bigger hit for is that if they had lost to Herbert in Oregon, and then we, I mean, we saw how good he was then, and then he just steps right in the NFL and he can play, but they got blown out. And the fact that that game was over so quickly really sticks with a lot of Ute fans. Now, maybe it would have stuck with him if, you know, he'd taken him down the field and scored late to win 31-28 or something like that. But the fact he got blown out, that was really, really disappointing. 
All right, more feedback that coming was a in. Disappointing loss, no question about it. Yeah. yeah. Is Utah going to the Rose Bowl? David, hopefully. What happened two years ago can't happen again. He's trying to speak that into existence. It can't. Okay, I can say what happened two weeks ago can't happen again. You fans could sign off on that. If the Utes go out and win this game uh, you know, 31-21 and it's competitive and they're up three, but they get the ball and have this long fourth quarter drive and run the ball the way Kyle likes to and eat up all the clock and go up 10 and know they're going to win, you fans would sign off on that right now. I think they would sign off on one-point win, <laughs> a 110-yard kickoff return at the buzzer. <laughs> I mean, whatever it takes, they'd sign off on it. You created a scenario, but any scenario, you don't need to create one. Any scenario in which they have one more point than the Ducks, they will sign off on it. Yeah, because this is a major, major accomplishment. To run out on that tunnel on New Year's Day, it's the pinnacle. It will be the greatest achievement in the history of University of Utah football. It's as simple as that. And you're right there. It's there for the taking. Yeah, if you want to say they don't get this thing done, it's a choke. I can live with it right now. I'll have to see the complexion of the game as we go forward uh, when we get there tonight. But being a, a decent favorite of uh, like 60-some percent, at least, uh, you know, in the PF5, BFI or whatever that is, how they determine that, I don't know. But right now, they're a decent enough favorite. I wouldn't call them the heavy favorite, but I would call them a decent favorite. And to do this supersedes anything that you've done as a football program. And to get there in your 11th year is pretty doggone impressive because you look at some programs, they have ne- Arizona's never done it. The Sun Devils, did, I think they did it in their eighth year. People think they struggled when they went in the conference. That's a misnomer. They did not struggle. People think that because Utah struggled with the two losing seasons, and most folks, rightly so, with Utah, think their program is better than ASU's. It certainly is now, but if you compare the first several years no the devils did not struggle go look at the records believe me i've looked at them a million times i know what i'm talking about here they did not struggle uh they got to the rose bowl and it was in their seventh or eighth year it was either like the seventh year and then the eighth because it's january 1st or the eighth and the ninth something like that so they will have the the huge can't accomplish that but still accomplishing it this soon what i think is pretty quick I think is an absolutely remarkable achievement. And if I'm a Ute fan, I go crazy. And then if they win tonight, I immediately start setting up my plans to go to Pasadena. I don't think if you're a Ute fan and you have the funds, which I don't take lightly because I know a lot of folks don't have the funds. And believe me, I never had the funds growing up. But if you have the funds to go to the to the game, you should most definitely should go if they win because it would be the best feeling for you as a Ute fan that you ever experienced, far superseding the Sugar Bowl, far superseding the Fiesta Bowl. Well, you got to have the win to make the plans. And with the question, is Utah going to the Rose Bowl, we get this response. Tanner says, nope, revenge game. He thinks Oregon, after playing a big old stinker of a game here, is ready to bounce back and beat the Utes, wreck their Rose Bowl dreams, win the conference again. Five times in 11 years now? Punch that ticket for themselves. All right, can I say it's a revenge game for the Utes? Because two years ago, you had a team that was right there on the precipice, on the cusp 
of a childhood dream of going <laughs> to the playoff and then going to the Rose Bowl, and it did not happen. So isn't this a revenge game? Well, for uh, for the coaching staff, sure, maybe. I mean, they would never say that, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't necessarily be true. And for a handful of players who've been on the team, uh, you know, somebody at uh, – well, Nick Ford, who's on the show with us. Uh, Devin Lloyd. Yeah, those guys remember that. Um, obviously, Britton Covey. But there are a lot of uh, freshmen. Solomon Enos, Brant Keithy. And there are a lot deal. of freshmen playing who have no memory of that. Oh, sure they do. They've been told a thousand times over. They don't have firsthand experience, but they know of it. That's why they came to Utah in the first place, for the opportunity to be in this game, because Utah was in that game two other times. To say they have no memories, they have no firsthand experience, but they got vivid memories. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More of your action coming up. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, joins us in 20 minutes to talk Jazz and Celtics tonight. Stay with us. For Kyle Whittingham and the Utes, it all comes down to this. It's the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas as the Utes look to claim their first ever Pac-12 title. The Zone Sports Network will be in Las Vegas with nonstop blow-out-the-budget coverage of the Utes as they battle Oregon for a spot in the Rose Bowl. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Pac-12 championship game is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. This week's Raiders game against the Washington football team is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. All right, we got a poll question up. What's going to happen this weekend? Are the Utes and Aggies coming home with conference titles? Go to David DJ James on Twitter and you can vote. Yep, both win. Nope, both lose. Or Utah wins and the Aggies lose or vice versa. We'll update you. See the confidence level behind these two teams a little later in the show. Brad is on the phone right now. Brad wants to talk some football. Brad, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Which team has the juices flowing this morning, Brad? Both of them. I think Oregon is going to, first of all, Utah needs to come out very, very high energy because Oregon Ducks are going to come out and say, we got our butts kicked two weeks ago. And I was there, and we kicked their butts to the ceiling. But we just got to control ourselves. We don't have to worry about the other side. We have to do this because I want to go to the Rose Bowl very bad. All right, you're up front about that. You. I like it. <laughs> Put it on the table. This is what I want. We got to get it done. But there's one problem right now about I want to talk about is Bronco Mendenhall because my nephew is the number one recruiter over there, and he has to make a, a big decision now. And I'm very shocked that he's leaving, but it's going to be interesting when he comes back off his mission. Who's your nephew? Andrew Gentry. Well, coming back from a mission, he'll uh, he'll have choices, right? He'll have options. But yep, he could go to Michigan probably. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Brad. But go youth, go PK, get some right on. Let's go. 
<laughs> Let's go, PK. What? Where are we going? They need your energy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think energy is going to be an issue. I, I just think that they have to be aware of what uh, Oregon might try to do differently, which I think they anticipated. I, I, to me, this is like I've been saying about the Jazz. I'm not so concerned about the opposition uh, as I am about the Jazz. And I believe that if you play Jazz basketball, as we call it, that they stand a really good chance to win. And if Utah can do the things that they're supposed to do, and they have been doing, then I, I think they can win. Yeah, I really believe that. And uh, I don't know who, who, who who's Alvin Gentry? What was the kid's name? Andrew Gentry. And then who is he? Is he some big recruit? He's a top-rated offensive lineman that picked Virginia over BYU a couple years back. And is he from state of Utah? Colorado. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, actually, if you look at this, there's a couple of things I wanted to say in regard to that. You know, you if you anticipate your coaches being there for your four or five years, it's probably foolish on, on your behalf. And secondly, it's a good thing that Bronco quit now rather than when you got home and got to Virginia. Because if you chose Bronco because of Virginia, well, now you can unchoose him just as easily, right? Because if you would have signed a letter of intent or whatever it was there, that's long since expired. I think those things are, what, good for 18 months? And if you stay out the full two years, then you're basically a free agent again. And then everyone's a free agent in college college sports now with a new rule. So uh, it sounds like uh, Mr. I don't know the kid at all. What, what's his first name again? Eric? Is that what you said? Andrew. Gentry? What? Andrew, Andrew, yeah. The good thing about Andrew, if Michigan's after them, then this young man's got plenty of options. Yeah, that'd so be a long he's list. In a great, if, I, don't, I don't know if Michigan's um, taking him uh, uh, at, the, at his word. I, I mean, I have no idea. But if, if, if Andrew, Andrew has Michigan after him, then that means there's plenty of schools. So he's in a good situation. But I, I get it. I, I, if, I'm, if I'm a youth fan tonight, I go into this game with a sense of nervousness because the Rose Bowl is right here for the taking, and it's clearly your best chance of the three, right? I think we would all agree on that. This is your best opportunity to get to the Rose Bowl, and it's a breakthrough, and it's a significant breakthrough. I don't want to downplay it. Even in a so-called down year in the conference, I don't care. You have the opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl. You are a very good football program. The two games that you lost, you're not nearly the same team. So in this sense, this team has only lost one game. Well, one game. Well, everybody loses one game in the Pac-12. That's just the way it is. It's been that way every single year. So to me, you're a really good team, and it's right here, and this is a major, major accomplishment. I'm biased. I bring bias to the table, as everyone does, but I think this would be your best accomplishment. All right, coming up next, speaking of the Jazz and playing Jazz basketball, David Locke will join us. His weekly visit on the way. Yogi Roth, Pac-12 Network Analyst, will be here at 9 o'clock to talk Oregon and Utah and the Pac-12 title game. Stay with us.